Support for this podcast comes from ODC Dance. The world-class company returns for Dance Downtown, March 27th through the 31st, with two electrifying programs and five works, springing from cartoon, the news, and human connection. ODC.dance slash downtown. Support for KQED Podcasts comes from Star One Credit Union, now offering real-time money movement with instant pay. Make transfers and payments instantly between financial institutions, online or through Star One's mobile app. Star One Credit Union, in your best interest. From KQED. This is the California Report. Good morning. I'm Lily Jamali. Firefighters in Northern California continue to focus on saving homes and other buildings this morning. In Shasta County, the Zog Fire has burned more than 50,000 acres in steep, rugged terrain. Officials haven't yet announced the names of the three people who have died in that fire. In both Sonoma and Napa counties, the glass fire is just 2% contained, having burned more than 46,000 acres. Officials with Cal Fire said they continued to fight fire overnight, even as smoky conditions and poor visibility complicated efforts by air. Meanwhile, officials have downgraded some evacuation orders in the city of Santa Rosa. Hot, dry weather is expected over the next couple of days. The glass fire is just the latest blow to low-wage immigrant workers in Sonoma and Napa counties. They were already struggling during the pandemic. KQED's Farida Javala Romero has their story. As the uncontained glass fire tore through wine country on Tuesday afternoon, Gervasio Peña drove to a radio station in Santa Rosa to broadcast the latest information to local families who speak indigenous languages from Mexico. Peña was a farm worker in vineyards for 11 years and now directs the nonprofit Movimiento Cultural de la Unión Indígena, which supports many ag workers. It's harvest season, and he says people are still heading out to pick grapes in fields thick with smoke, risking their health and safety to earn money. They don't really have a choice, he says. The federal government says more than half of the state's farm workers are undocumented. That means they're not eligible for unemployment and other benefits. Ezequiel Guzman with Latinos Unidos del Condado de Sonoma says the workers depend on the six or seven weeks of harvest season to survive in coming months. But the smoke has tainted some of the grapes, which now won't be harvested. People need to understand the hidden devastation of farm workers these fires have brought up economically. Then there are income losses from the pandemic, which are hurting other low-wage workers in hotels and restaurants, says Susana Garcia, with the nonprofit On The Move. Many of those families are now facing evacuations or even the loss of their homes, she says. It's just very unfortunate to see pretty much the same families just getting hit after hit after hit. You know what I mean? and just being impacted in this way. She runs a program that helps get donations to undocumented residents in Napa County. She says that help will be even more needed after the fires. For the California Report, I'm Farida Javala Romero. Small businesses in Napa and Sonoma counties have stepped up their efforts to support those on the front lines. KQED's Julie Chang reports. 
At a Safeway parking lot in an evacuated area of Santa Rosa, firefighters have set up a base where crews can stop by and take a short breather. Also here is a food truck trolley by Tips Roadside, providing meals and other essentials like eye drops and baby wipes to the firefighters and other first responders. This is what, uh, what you got to do. Restaurant owner Andrew Pryfogel says his and other local businesses have been pulling their efforts together to support those working to keep the flames from further encroaching into the area. These people are doing amazing work uh, serving this community and protecting us. and. Um, so we want to do everything we can to, to give back to them. Pryfogel says they served more than a thousand meals over the past couple of days. He says the Sonoma County community is once again showing its resilience during another devastating fire season. For the California Report, I'm Julie Chang in Santa Rosa. A Bay Area state senator says California was not prepared for this current fire season. The state recently purchased a dozen Blackhawk helicopters, seven C-130 air tankers, and invested $2.5 billion in emergency preparedness. Senator Bill Dodd represents Napa County and parts of Sonoma. To have this many fires burning out of control uh, is really quite uh, stark. It's something that uh, has not been planned for. And I can tell you, we are taxing all of that. Senator Dodd wants the state to come up with a master plan to reduce fuels. Governor Gavin Newsom said he's working with the U.S. Forest Service to reduce fuels on land owned by the federal government, which in California is more than half of the state's forests. California's wildfires did come up in last night's chaotic presidential debate. KQED's politics editor Scott Schaefer reports. Unfortunately for the audience, much of last night's debate sounded like this. That is That's not my plan. That's green, uh, well, new you want to rebuild every is building. Not my plan. When moderator Chris Wallace asked President Trump about the role climate change played in California's wildfires, he said this. I believe that we have to do everything we can to have immaculate air, immaculate water, and do whatever else we can that's good. You know, we're planting a billion trees. He also again blamed the wildfires on bad forest management. Joe Biden said he'd pour more federal money into green energy to create high-paying jobs, and he promised a return to Obama-era policies. And the first thing I will do, I will rejoin the Paris Accord. I will join the Paris Accord because with us out of it, look what's happening. It's all falling apart. Biden also pledged to fill the federal fleet with electric vehicles and build more charging stations. It wasn't easy, but the audience did hear two men with very different environmental agendas. For the California Report, I'm Scott Schaefer. Sticking with politics, California voters' concern about the coronavirus pandemic is on the decline. That's according to a survey out this morning from the UC Berkeley Institute of Governmental Studies. KQED's Guy Marzarati has that story. In July, as cases of COVID-19 climbed around California, two-thirds of voters said they believed the virus's threat was becoming more serious. Now, with cases and hospitalizations on the decline statewide, just 28% of voters think the threat is growing. The survey finds a wide racial divide in voter concerns over COVID-19, with Latino voters far more worried than white voters over the health and economic impacts of the pandemic. For the California Report, I'm Guy Marzarati. Good news for parents. Playgrounds can finally open again in California after more than six months. KQED science reporter Leslie McClurg says state officials issued the order this week. At the beginning of shelter in place, officials wrapped play structures in yellow tape. Now they can slash it. The state is allowing outdoor play areas located in parks, campgrounds, and other public areas to open. 
Anyone older than two must wear a face mask, so no eating or drinking. Families must stay six feet apart, and visits are limited to 30 minutes. Though it's up to individual jurisdictions to determine when it's safe to open playgrounds. For example, they're currently open in Santa Clara County, but will not open in San Francisco till mid-October. Indoor amusement centers like bounce houses remain shuttered. For the California Report, I'm Leslie McClurg. We're going to go to Southern California now, where Disney says it's laying off 28,000 employees as the pandemic continues to ravage its theme park division. As KCRW's Benjamin Gottlieb reports, the entertainment giant says the state of California is partially to blame. About two-thirds of the workers let go are part-time, and Disney says it plans to bring them back at a later date. But Josh Diamaro, the chairman of Disney's Parks Division, says that date will be up to California's elected leaders. In a letter he penned to employees, Diamaro blamed state government for its, quote, unwillingness to lift restrictions that would allow Disneyland to reopen. Disneyland and its sister park, California Adventure in Anaheim, have been closed since mid-March. Both have been waiting for guidance from Sacramento, as Disney's other parks in China, France, Japan, and Florida's Disney World have reopened with limited capacity. Both Disneyland and Disney World are working to set up meetings with employee unions in the coming days to negotiate severance and other layoff procedures. In all, Disney employs roughly 100,000 people at its theme parks, from concessions to performers and everything in between. It's unclear how the 28,000 employees that have been let go will be distributed between Orlando and Anaheim. For the California Report, I'm Benjamin Gottlieb in Los Angeles. 25 years ago, California voters banned affirmative action. Now, voters will decide on Proposition 16, which would overturn that ban. It comes during a nationwide conversation on race and social justice. But recent polls show the measure is struggling. KQED's Katie Orr looks at why, so far, voters aren't making the connection. The killing of George Floyd this past spring sparked protests across the country, including this one in Oakland. But amidst the marches and emotion, California lawmakers also saw an opportunity to overturn California's ban on affirmative action in public education, hiring and contracting. Democratic Assemblywoman Shirley Weber, who chairs the Legislative Black Caucus, jumped at the chance, introducing a constitutional amendment to overturn the ban. California's regressive ban on equal opportunity programs such as affirmative action denies women and people of color a level playing field in the workplace and in education. But victory is far from a sure thing. Janelle Scott from UC Berkeley's Graduate School of Education says that's because Californians have gotten used to living with the ban for so long. So I think it's a hard campaign to convince people that maybe some of our systems or processes are actually leaving people out through no fault of their own. On the other hand, the recent college admission scandals demonstrate that some wealthy students get their own kind of preferential treatment. As Professor Scott notes, a recent state audit of the UC system singled out Berkeley for improperly admitting 42 students who were connected to the UC regents, major donors, or staff. There's been a different kind of affirmative action in place for wealthy people and really maybe some internal reckoning about People who have, have had access to preferential admissions through their wealth or political or social connection. Gail Harriet is a law professor at the private University of San Diego and works with the No on 16 campaign. 
She says race should not be a factor in college admissions. The standards can vary from school to school. You know, some schools may look for pure academic talent. Other schools may take into consideration athletic talent, entrepreneurial talent, leadership talent, all of these things, just not race. Backers of Prop 16 know they have a tough road ahead. Recent polls show two-thirds of likely voters are opposed or undecided. And with the presidential election, a pandemic, and 11 other statewide measures all fighting for attention, it will be difficult for supporters of affirmative action to break through with voters. For the California Report, I'm Katie Orr in Sacramento. And that is the California Report for this Wednesday, September 30th. We are a production of KQED Public Radio. Make sure to check out our podcast wherever you get yours. And tell us how you're doing. You can email us at calreport at kqed.org or find me on Twitter. I'm at Lily Jamali. We thank you for listening. Support for the California Report comes from Eric and Wendy Schmidt whose philanthropy harnesses the power of people and science to create innovative solutions for a healthy environment, just societies, and opportunities for human achievement. Water Heaters Only, specializing in the repair and replacement of water heaters since 1968. Licensed and insured, open 24 hours a day, every day. Learn more at waterheatersonly.com. And Personal Capital, Offering remote telefinance services with financial advisors and digital financial planning tools. Personalcapital.com. Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. Parking at SFO is easy when you book online. You can choose dates and times in advance and secure the best rates to make your departure stress-free. Learn more at flysfo.com parking. Support for KQED Podcasts comes from Star One Credit Union, now offering real-time money movement with instant pay. Make transfers and payments instantly between financial institutions, online or through Star One's mobile app. Star One Credit Union, in your best interest. A young correctional officer. He said it was the most dangerous prison in California. Forced to make a choice. Fulfill his oath or back his fellow officers. Recognize the badge of my office. I'm Suki Lewis. From KQED Podcasts comes On Our Watch Season 2, New Folsom. A story about who gets hurt when the system that promises to keep us safe is bent on protecting itself. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts.